So friends, there is a certain topic, uh, and it is a topic that gets talked about and has a lot of cachet in the more evangelical wings of the church. Uh, but we, we don't think about it, we don't talk about it a whole heck of a lot in these parts. When I say we, I mean, of course, we at Hillside Community Church, uh, but also, so we in this denomination... And that's also something we don't talk about a lot. We're part of a denomination called the United Church of Christ, and we don't talk about this topic a lot. But there's also we in the more just progressive wings of the church don't talk about this topic much at all. And when I name it, and I'll get to that in just a second, when I name this topic, at least some of us, I think, are going to be made to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, especially those of us who were raised in a kind of a more heavy-handed religious tradition. Uh, but, you know, making you feel uncomfortable is one of the perks of my job, so uh, we're going to forge ahead with this. Uh, the topic I'm talking about is the topic of obedience. Obedience. Obedience is a word that comes to us all the way from medieval Latin. And it means, of course, the state of being subject to, in service of, or in compliance with, someone or something. Obedience. And it's true, this is not a topic that we talk a lot about here in this church. But to our defense, as we've been working our way through the Gospel of Mark this year, all the way since September, this is not a topic that has popped up that explicitly in the stories we've been reading together. That being said, back in in Mark chapter 7, we did see this one interaction that Jesus had with the Pharisees, where the Pharisees were were criticizing the disciples for not washing their hands before they ate dinner, which makes me think that, that Kathleen would be a great Pharisee. She would, she would. But they were criticizing for not ritually washing their hands before they started eating, And so Jesus chastised these Pharisees by saying, you have turned away from the commandments of God and you instead obey the teachings of humans. You've turned away from the commands of God and you instead obey the teachings of humans. And when we stop and think about it, even for a second, it's easy to see how so much of Jesus' ministry so much, especially his interactions with the religious establishment and his run-ins with them, so much of Jesus' ministry was about his being obedient to God over and above his being obedient to human teachings and traditions and even human laws. And we, we at Hillside Community Church, we in the United Church of Christ, we in even the progressive wings of the church, we who profess to follow this Jesus, we are called to that same obedience, that same state of being subject to, in service of, or in compliance with God. That same obedience that Jesus himself practiced. But standing up here, I recognize that that sounds a little hard-edged, and at very least, that's not how we talk in these parts. So I want to, I want to soften the blow just a little bit for us. Uh, and you will, of course, remember from your, your study of Scripture 
your daily personal <clears throat> study of scripture that you all are doing on your own at home. <clears throat> you remember that first John chapter four tells us that God is love. Not that God loves, not that God likes love, not that God thinks that we should be loving, but that God is love. Love and God are one and the same. So to say that Jesus Christ was obedient to God is to say that Jesus was obedient to love. And we who profess to follow this Jesus, we are called to that same obedience to love. And that sounds a good deal nicer, doesn't it? Sounds kind of nice, obedient to love. In fact, that's supposed to be the defining characteristic of people who follow Jesus. In everything we do, we are supposed to be a people who are obedient to love. When people ask you what kind of people go to your church... You should be able to tell them, oh, you know, they're, they're obedient to love. Of course, that's a really weird thing to say, so none of your friends who you told that to, they would never come to this church, but you still should be able to say it about the people around you, that they are a people who are obedient to love. And that just sounds kind of nice. It does. But here's the thing. You already know you already know just from having lived life, you already know that obedience to love is not a nice thing, nor is it an easy thing to do. If you are a parent, or an aunt, or an uncle, or a guardian, or a teacher, or a caretaker of some kind, anyone who has a role in helping to, to nurture and guide and form a child then you already know that being obedient to love, especially in the context of that relationship, is not an easy thing, nor is it a nice thing. Because if you are being obedient to love in the context of that relationship, you don't always get to be the nice guy. And from time to time, you're going to have to draw a hard line. You're going to have to make hard decisions that that child will not like nor understand decisions that that child will yell and scream and cry at you about. And when they're older and they have more faculty with language, maybe they'll swear at you about, slam some doors about. You will eat all of the vegetables on your plates. You will go to bed at a reasonable hour. You will be home at 10 p.m. and not a moment later. And no, you are certainly not going to go there with them because we don't want you to end up pregnant or dead. Right? When you're a parent and you're being obedient to love, you have some hard decisions to make, some hard lines in the sand to be drawn. And it is not a nice, nor is it an easy thing. Being obedient to love, it is a hard thing and you already know that. If you've ever volunteered anywhere, especially at a service organization or a nonprofit or church, God only knows that you know that being obedient to love is a hard thing. And Barbara, sorry to lift you up as an example without giving you a warning ahead of time, but surprise, 
Here we are. So every week, just about every week, Barbara goes over to the Friday Cafe in Cambridge where she helps to run the, the donations table there. So she's giving out clothing and socks and toiletries and that sorts of things to the people who come to the Friday Cafe. Uh, but every once in a while, that donations table gets in really big-ticket items. So like sleeping bags and really warm winter jackets and thick wool blankets, things of that nature. And the thing about the Friday Cafe is that, is that about 30 to 40% of the people who come there are in some sort of shelter and some sort of housing. Uh, but even so, virtually everybody who shows up to the Friday Cafe is operating out of a place of scarcity. Uh, so their impulse when they're going through by the donations table is that they're just going to grab that big ticket item because it's valuable and they want it and they're operating from this place of scarcity, so they just want to grab and take. Which means that if Barbara is being obedient to love over in the context of that donations table, she's going to have some difficult, she does have some difficult conversations, some direct conversations, some uncomfortable conversations as he's trying to ferret out if someone is really, truly in need of a warm jacket or a sleeping bag or a blanket, if they're really, truly sleeping outside on the sidewalk on a piece of cardboard. Because the loving thing to do, if you're being obedient to love at the donation table, the the thing to do is to ensure that that scarce, limited resource gets to those who really need it. Is that a nice thing to do, telling people who are in some state of need no? Absolutely not. That is not a nice thing. It'd be far easier just to let people go through line and grab whatever they want. But being obedient to love is not a nice or an easy thing. It may be the hardest thing you will ever do. And you already know that. And last but not least... If you have ever forgiven anyone for anything, but especially if you have forgiven someone who has done something really nasty to you, something truly terrible, something that all your friends are telling you is unforgivable, if you've ever forgiven a a big thing like that, then you know that being obedient to love is not a nice thing or an easy thing. It's so much easier just to sit and stew and linger in that pain and that resentment and that anger. It's so much easier to let those feelings fuel in yourself a a sense of self-righteousness, a sense of moral superiority. And then when you get to that point where you're, you're actually saying, I forgive you to someone... It feels like you are being humbled and humiliated all over again, even though in the long term, it's the healthiest thing for you and your spirit to forgive someone else. If you have ever forgiven someone for anything, friends, you already know that being obedient to love is not a nice nor an easy thing. And so what I'm trying to get at here is that you already know what this morning's passage from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, is all about. Because in today's story, Jesus 
is in the last day of his life. He has, in his view, his crucifixion on the cross the very next day. The disciples are characteristically clueless. They've just enjoyed a Passover meal together. They sang a hymn together. And then they walked about a mile distance to a, a garden at the foot of a mountain. Specifically, we're told that it's the Mount of Olives. And so they walk that mile. When they get to the edge of the garden, Jesus tells the disciples to to sit there for a while while he goes and prays. Uh, But he takes with him Peter, James, and John. And they start walking into the garden. And as they're walking along, Jesus starts to get emotional. He feels disturbed and distressed. But they keep walking, and finally he tells Peter, James, and John to, to sit and keep watch for a while while he goes a little bit further ahead to, to pray by himself. And when he is all by himself, he drops to his knees and he prays to God using some strange phraseology. He says, God, take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. So that phrase or this cup, this is an Old Testament reference. It's a, a reference to the prophets of the Old Testament. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Habakkuk. Uh, they all use this phrase, this cup. And specifically, it's called the cup of God's wrath that they talk about. So Jesus is here praying on his knees with the cross in, in full view in his mind. And as he has that cross in his view, he's praying to God, saying, God, take this cross away. God, take this cup away. If there is any other way for this thing to go down, let's do that instead. So Jesus is in a moment of anguish, emotional turmoil. He's scared. Jesus is truly scared. And he prays this prayer not once, not twice, but three separate times he prays this prayer. Take this away. This is too hard. I don't want to do this. So when Jesus says to his disciples that the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, He's not talking about them falling asleep when they're supposed to be keeping watch. He's not talking about us and our own families, our own weakness. But he's talking there about himself. Friends, being obedient to love is not a nice thing. It is not an easy thing. It is the hardest thing any of us in this room Will ever do. And the solace that we find in the scripture this morning is not that God takes away this hardship, not that God makes it easier one bit, but the solace we find in the scripture is that God knows. God has shared in that same struggle to be obedient to love because it is not a nice thing. It is, not a, it is a hard thing. It is the hardest thing we will ever do. Friends, as you, in your own life, are seeking this obedience 
are practicing disobedience. God knows. God knows. And God loves. Amen.